You're listening to a podcast from 702. The sustainable living feature. And uh, today I wanted us to discuss indigenous foods and why it's so important for us to revisit that idea and what it means to our economy, what it means to our country, what it means, most importantly, to our health. I've got dietitian Mpotsugudu, who's on the line with me from Hartebias, who is also a co-author of the book called Eat Ding, as in T-I-N-G, Ding, the, uh, the porridge that many of you are familiar with, uh, made out of sorghum. Thank you very, very much for joining us, Mpo. Thank you very much for the insights on this book. My question to you, why is it important for us to start revisiting what we're eating? Thank you very much, uh, Pamela. I think it's a very important discussion to have because what you eat actually influences your budget, like most of people, most people are now aware in terms of what we are all going through. But it also part of um, influencing your health in terms of nutrition and mental well-being. So the, the the truth of the matter is that we have changed so much how we were eating, let's say, even 50 years ago to what we're doing now. And we see now that in, you know, our hospital bills, uh, it's not looking good. We are, we're less healthy. We are becoming more obese and so on. However lifestyles have changed. Most of us have moved into urban areas. We, we are no longer in those spaces where we are planting our own food and so on. So how are we going to balance that out? It's a very difficult one because as we move from the rural areas where we had plenty of land, we move into the cities where the spaces are very small. Most of us are living in, in flats or in areas where you can't even have a door garden, which is a one by two meters. Mm. You can still use the pots to plant your traditional ingredients, or even though some of them are not traditional, something that are very easy to plant. And in a way, you're still contributing to your own um, nutrition at home instead of relying on the stores. Mm. Well, I mean, as you've just said, um, by 2050, it is, it's, well, it's reported that perhaps 80 of us in this country will be living in urban areas. And, and that means that I give away my, my freedom to knowing exactly what goes into my food to somebody else. When we are faced with this kind of an issue, also what, what also becomes a determining factor is what I see on the shop aisle. So even if I, I am somebody who wants to eat ding, for instance, if I can't find it on my shop shelf, then it's a problem. Yes, it is a problem. But most of the people who are in the city, especially in Johannesburg, that you find these roof gardens, you find gardens and bedrooms, you find uh, also with slow food that there's a lot of gardens that are in Soweto. So it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to plant it, but you can know about a garden two kilometers away from where you are, mm. where you can support um, this farmer to actually produce more. Mm. But you also find them in markets, like every day there's a market or every weekend, every corner there is an organic market or even on the streets you find people selling indigenous morojos that some of them are from Mozambique, some of them are from Limpopo. So you need to look outside the traditional shopping centers to actually eat traditional foods in the cities. Well, one argument is that much as that is the case, uh, people would also tell you that it's it's become quite expensive to, to insist on organic food, to insist on food that has been um, planted and looked after properly. But if you're looking at indigenous foods, because the food comes from a specific area, mm. it actually is organic because it doesn't need much of the fertilizers and much of the soils to grow it. So it grows easier in that environment. You tend to put more more fertilizers and 
more water in a plant that you are forcing it to grow in an environment that is not natural. Mm. So part of eating organically means then eat food that are from that area, eat food that are seasonally. If we're going to demand avocados and plums in winter in times that are not, they're not their season. Mm. That's where pesticides are coming in. That's where we eat food that was not ripe. Like mm. all of those fruits and vegetables that you buy and they say ripen at home, ripen in three days. It means they are picked at the time where they were not ready to be consumed. So they still have those chemicals that are supposed to um, discourage the insects to eat them. So you mm. put in that into your body, which your body cannot digest. And it's part of the the root causes of the diseases that we have now and we cannot explain. So we need to also be reasonable. Okay, let's go to a, a caller here, Jacob, who's calling us from Attridgeville, who's got a comment for you, Mpo. Hi, Jacob. Uh, good morning, Chimelo, and good morning to Mpo. Go ahead, Jacob. Yeah. Yeah. I hope yeah, Mpo in her book, she does not want to mess with things and start getting creative. Think it I'm thinking, and then like eating organic food does not need to be expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Born a three times a week or something like that. Without feeding, and it's not expensive. Only the there was Paza. I can get them. So, right? That's what you call them. Now I don't know them in English or what. But I'm saying some things are not expensive. Being for hobby and being for porridge, always great. And I'm going to make myself some bean porridge right now. <laughs> Jacob, 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 there in mm, Paul, I, I mean, I, he obviously hasn't seen your book uh, because I was going to say to him, "Well, get the book, and we'll we'll lead people to the book so that he knows that you yes. are not you're not confused. You're, you're not confused every day. No, yes, you're not confused I, I, about I all of this stuff. Yeah, no, yes. we're not confused about that. That's not part of what we're asking you to talk about today. But but yes. when people like yourselves, you you're a dietitian and you you work with with sick patients a lot in hospitals who come with all kinds of complications and you use diet and and what of one of the things that you direct people to is indigenous foods you have seen and you actually called us in uh, not so long ago the zero rated foods that are now uh, put on the list and I had concerns about what is zero rated uh, you called in also and you wanted to add your voice to this conversation are you satisfied as somebody who, who works with this this kind of thing, with the zero-rated list of foods? No, I think it, it's a start, but you can add more. I, You know, the zero-rated food includes the beans and the legumes. It includes fresh vegetables and meat. It also, uh, fresh vegetables, sorry, and um, and fruits. It also includes mabele. I think it has milk and eggs. I think we can still expand the list. I, I studied that list, I think, in the early 2000 when I was doing my degree. And it was actually used as a base to to design their school nutrition program. Nothing has changed over the years. We've never actually went back to the people and say, is it working or do you want to add or do you want to remove? 
Okay, so now we, we've, we've now added to the list. This is very recent. We've added to the list. And, and I do want to ask you this because for me, there are issues that, 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 that don't quite make sense to me. So we have mm-hmm. a, a strained health system, which you are working with, um, and you see this on a daily basis. You are a dietitian. And so for me, the two are very, very linked. We've just spoken about uh, chemicals and, and all kinds of things that go into our foods. But one of the things that is on the list here is tinned fish, which I had serious problems with. And I know that you called to say at some point, no, well, I shouldn't. But my argument was, why do we zero rate tinned food and not zero rate, I mean, tinned fish and not zero rate fish as a general concept? You see, I, what I wanted to say is that I agree with you. Like I just said now that we did a list many years ago. We never went to revisit and say, do you want to add or do you want to remove? Mm. There's nothing wrong with, with, um, adding to the list. Tin fish for some people works. For some people, they have a reaction to it. Mm. It is a high source of protein. It is cooked. It has omega-3 fatty acids, which are essential for most of the medical diseases in prevention and management. It is a very high source of income. But I also think that, like you, that it's not fair that it's the only source mm-hmm. because it doesn't work for everybody else. And I'm not even sure that, because now people, some patients will say to me that when I eat the tin fish, mm. I have heartburn. Mm-hmm. It's the one with tomato. Mm-hmm. Then you have new ones that are just in oil and the other ones are, are in other flavors. And I don't think those are zero rated. So we still have a problem with that list that it is a basic list, but we can still add. It doesn't have to be that we have to scrap it all together. No, absolutely not. I just wondered whether authorities do consult people like yourselves and if you've added your voice. I mean, very recently we've seen now they've added white bread and I and I sort of stood there and I thought, yes. here we are complaining about the, the, the levels of diabetes and those diseases coming through our hospitals and we can't manage and yet you zero rate white bread? I, I was just finding it difficult to understand where we're going with this list. Instead of something like chicken or fish that Absolutely. most people have, Absolutely. which would make sense. Absolutely. Well, listen, Impossibility, let's, let's, let's leave it there because we've run out of time. I will give people the details of your book. And uh, you still think that, uh, oh, by the way, let me ask you this one quickly. The debate around yes. maize, what's wrong with maize? As a millimeal, maize meal. Maize is very, um, gen- it's genetically modified. In, and if you're eating corn the way corn is eaten, you are benefiting from the fiber, which is, on the skin, you're benefiting from the minerals that are on the fiber and also in the endosperm, and which gives you the protein. The problem with maize as it is, is that it is taken and it's processed. They remove the fiber and the nutrients, and you're left with this waste product, which is the white millimeter, which is then bleached, because if you look at the way pop is, mm-hmm. maize does not come in that color. Mm-hmm. That means something has, to be, has been done to it to make it more white. So by the time you eat the maize, there is no nutrition to it. I know the government a few years ago said that there is fortification of food. There are some, and maize was one of the foods. There's some research that shows that actually the fortification, people are not following the legislation in terms of fortification. Mm. But also that maize comes from Mexico. And in Mexico, before please repeat that. Maize, I, I want you to please repeat that because sometimes, you know, people assume that we say these things just to get attention. Maize is not an African indigenous maize meal is not an African indigenous food. 
No, it's not. And I know people want to kill me for, for yes. saying it. Mm-hmm. And I, they, yeah, I always want to defend, they want, I want to run away because yeah. they, it comes from Mexico. In Mexico, before they made, they put it in an alkaline solution. I actually have it at home. It's just a messy pro- process that you should actually buy it. The process actually then makes the, the, the protein more easy to digest. It makes it more plastic and more pliable that you can make um, tacos, like tortillas out of it. And no, t- tacos out of it. Then um, it, it then actually makes the vitamin uh, B3 more bioavailable. So it's easy to digest. The way we are eating it, we're not actually getting any nutrients from the maize unless it is put through an, an alkaline solution. That's a good, lovely conversation. We'll and continue. it takes a lot of water to grow. Yeah. No, I, look, it's not indigenous. I think it, I there want is, to say. There is, there is Mabele. There is Mabele. There's, uh, yeah, there's lots of other alternatives. The book is called Eat Ding, and it is uh, co-written by Mpotsugudu and Anna Trapido. I will give you those details and get yourself a copy. Behind there is also just an index that is just full of absolute wonderful information. And you do yourself a favor to go through that just to give us insights as to what indigenous foods do what for us compared to other foods that we've been accustomed to that we see in our shop shelves, which are not necessarily indigenous. So this is the book that I think we need to be looking at very closely and maybe a, a Bible, a guide, a kitchen guide. Eating is the name of the, of the book.